I am a summer girl and the patio, whether it's in someone's backyard or in a restaurant downtown is that's my jam. And uh, I'm really by now, I probably would have been out, you know, a couple of times with friends. And obviously that has not happened. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that announcement for sure. Okay, so now we let's get into the skinny of what you know all about, and that's uh, personal finances. You're our 640 Toronto uh, personal finance expert. Uh, this tightening of the rules that the CH, uh, the Canadian Mortgage Housing Corporation announced yesterday, can you break it down for us? Yeah, so basically what they're saying is that they want people to, the, the rules are stricter of what you can now qualify for. And so um, when they look at how much money you can borrow and this is on insured mortgages so mortgages where you put less than 20 percent down the gross debt service ratio must be under 35 percent and what the gross debt service ratio includes is basically how much it costs you to actually own that home so that of course includes your mortgage payments it includes heating if you have a condo it's 50 percent of the condo fees and the property taxes they want they are taking that number it used to be that you could spend 39 percent of your annual income now they're taking that down to 35 percent then they also look at, okay, you've got that number, but we also want to see what your total debt service ratio is. And that includes things like credit card payments and other loans, like car loans that you may have. They don't want that number to be more than 42% of your annual income. Um, and that is what is going to really uh, make it more difficult for people uh, to actually qualify for a mortgage after July 1st. Uh, according to RateHub, a family who makes $100,000 right now can qualify for a mortgage um, at around 524000 But after these uh, new rules come in, the stricter rules come in, that same family would only qualify for 462000 So I'm seeing a lot of push from real estate agents saying, if you want to get in, and you want to be able to spend the top dollar, do it before July 1st, because once the rules come in, if you put less than 20% down, you're going to have to adhere to these stricter regulations. Okay, so what do you anticipate happening in the next 30 days? So, I mean, this is kind of like when the stress test came in. A lot of people overreacted and said this is really going to hamper the real estate market. No one's going to be able to afford a home anymore. And definitely there was a slowdown in uh, what people were uh, could afford to pay for those homes. We didn't see those bidding wars anymore. We didn't see people uh, buying a home hundreds of thousands of dollars more than what the list price was. And probably that will happen July 1st. All of a sudden, when the rules change, uh, what you could afford on June 30th is different than what you could afford on July 1st. So you may change the, the kind of house that you're looking at. But eventually, this is going to put some pressure on home prices. And this is why they've brought these rules in, is that they're anticipating that home prices nationally, the CMHC that is, are going to fall 9 to 18%. So anywhere in between that, depending on where you live in the country, what they don't want is young first-time home buyers to get into a home with only 5% down at the mm -hmm. absolute stretch limit with all these ratios, and then see that home price fall, and you actually owe more money than you put down. They want people to come to the table with a hefty down payment or at least have the ability uh, to make those payments uh, at a higher, uh, at, at, at a stricter ratio uh, so that when those home prices fall, it doesn't hurt them as much. Okay. So this is a responsible move on their part? You know, like they're I, saving I, people from themselves? 
It's, and, and I mean, and the stress test was the same thing. I mean, I'm getting a lot of uh, Twitter, uh, seeing a lot of Twitter kind of reaction from real estate agents really pressing uh, their clients to get in now on the housing market. I really think that, you know, one, you should never buy a home in haste, regardless of what's happening. Just because a rule is changing, it doesn't mean you go and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars in order for you to save yourself from not having to adhere to that rule. And yeah, the rule is being brought in because CMHC sees a pretty bleak future for real estate going forward and they want to make sure that people today are not getting into a situation where a year and a half from now they're saying I owe more than this house is worth I'm just going to walk away from it kind of like what was happening in the United States now some of the criticism is is that yes they're expecting uh, mortgage arrears to go up so more and more Canadians being unable to make their mortgage payments once these deferrals end they're saying that you know 15% of all mortgage or mortgages right now are in deferral and the expectation mm-hmm. is 20% of those our uh, people are going to be unable to pay their mortgages once those deferrals end. That's still less than 1% of all mortgages in Canada. So it's not um, as bleak as some people might think, but still four times as much than we're used to. I mean, our mortgage, we pay our mortgages in Canada. Usually our arrears is about 0.25%. So we, wow. we absolutely pay our mortgages in Canada. And if you're seeing mortgage arrears go up four times, CMHC is reacting saying we've got to put a little bit of uh, just, just, a, just a stopper so that make, make sure people aren't getting into too much debt. Now, refresh my memory. Was that till the end of August? Uh, the deferral, the mortgage deferral? Yeah. So it's six yeah, months from whenever you decide okay. to take it. So, um, you know, you could, I'm not exactly sure if there's an end date to it, but you can get up to six months of deferral. So for example, if you still have your job until now, but now you're being laid off because maybe the company is no longer able to uh, support the workforce and they're saying, okay, we're going to do temporary layoffs. You may today ask for your bank for that six month deferral. Uh, so it, everyone's date is going to be different in that case. Unfortunately, that segues uh, nicely into this story here. We got new jobless numbers this morning. What do we learn? Well, we learned that Canada's unemployment rate jumped uh, to the highest ever. It's now at 13.7%, and that is breaking the record, which was set back in December 1982 of 13.1%. So, I mean, obviously, this is not good news. More people are looking for work than can find work. Um, We did add jobs. Uh, 289,000 jobs were added last month. But the reason the unemployment rate is still higher is because more people are looking for work. Uh, Last time they did the numbers, less people were actually looking for work. Many might have been on CERB. Many might be just have not been interested in looking for work in this kind of job market. Uh, But now with uh, across Canada, remember, this is not just an Ontario story. Across mm-hmm. Canada, business is starting to open up again. The wage subsidy has has kicked in. So more people are now uh, willing to go back to work, feeling a little bit safer, too, about what's happening with COVID-19. Uh, so for that reason, more Canadians are looking for work. The jobs are just not there, even though they added so many. So that 13.7%, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a bleak record to break. Uh, back in 1982, we were in the depths of a recession. So you can imagine what this means to this time of um, the, the, the time that we're in right now. Have a breakdown of which sectors have experienced the, the greatest job losses when it comes to the May job numbers? 
Yeah, so the greatest job losses have been in retail and the restaurant sector and the hotel and hospitality sector. I mean, those people are still not back to work. You were just talking about patios. That may bring some uh, of those people, hospitality workers, back to work, uh, but it's not going to bring all of them because obviously the restaurants won't be fully up and running. So those sectors continue to be the hardest hit, and that's been the case since March 15th when the basically the emergency was declared in Ontario, at least, and across the country, many other provinces are declaring an emergency. Restaurants, hotels hospitality sector, these are the ones that have been hardest hit and continue to uh, struggle to get people back into the workforce. I don't know if you've seen any of the uh, interesting ideas that people have come up with, like thinking literally out of the box and putting consumers uh, and patrons into a box when it comes to eating at restaurants. We were talking with Mark <laughs> McEwen yesterday, and he was talking about how in, uh, in by he, he hopes to have patio and indoor service ready to go by uh, June 15th in his restaurants. Now, the province is still yet to say a nay or a yay on this, um, but it, it, it looks good when the city of Toronto is announcing that they, you know, this this patio TO initiative. And one of the things that I saw that I thought was fascinating, beyond the little greenhouse that, have you seen the greenhouse in some European cities? They've got these greenhouses set up for two there's a table yeah, that's in perfect it. for the Toronto climate of, uh, you know, high right. humidity and heat. Yes, exactly. I'd right. love to dine like that. <laughs> well, what they do is they it's usually by a river, a canal. So maybe there's some sort of breeze. But what they do is they kind of uh, take the meals out to people on pizza peels, those big, long pizza shovels, and they then slip them into the greenhouse. Well, I saw this interesting one the other day. Um, and I don't know who makes it, but it, it's basically there are two people in a restaurant and they are completely there's let's picture, you know, the old shower curtains that used to hang yeah. over the clawfoot tubs. And so they had the <laughs> ring around the top. So it's suspended by a ring around the top that each person gets into. And it's not a shower curtain, but it's plexiglass kind of um, vessel that they're sitting in at the table and they're eating dinner happily across from themselves. And I thought, well, the odd thing about that is you don't go out to watch somebody eat when you're going out to dinner with someone you're mainly going out to talk with them so how's that gonna work yeah i mean companies are having to pivot right regardless of whether you're a restaurant or a hair salon you know i've seen a lot of very sort of unique ways that especially those two sectors are trying to continue to drum up business a lot of hair salons offering kits on how you can color your hair at home and then offering live kind of instagram sessions to show you what you should be doing i mean businesses need to survive and they need to try to make money somehow they've got the product why not try to move it somehow uh, but you know you're right really when people go to restaurants they go for the atmosphere they go to sit close to the people that they're you know if you and i are going to have dinner i don't want to sit six feet away from you i want to sit close enough so that we can you know gab about chris or something and talk behind yeah. his back you know i'm just kidding but you know that's what you want to do you want to you want to sit with your friends and have a conversation and share food and you don't go to a restaurant it's not just to fuel your body you go there for the experience of it so I think restaurants, if they're allowed to reopen the patios, they're going to do everything they can to make it as attractive and safe as possible. But until we feel safe sitting close to each other and feel inspired to go to a new restaurant that we heard about in Toronto and not worry about getting sick, it's going to be really hard for them to get people, the foot traffic. I'm not going to a restaurant until it's until things are back to normal. I don't want to spend my money to feel that. like I'm so in a you're clinic. Not, what about outside? <laughs> What about a patio? Would you be yeah. willing right now, even with the numbers, because Ontario added 344 cases today to their our COVID yeah, cases. I, I, with I, those I, I numbers no. still around there. Uh, yeah, I think no, because 
I like my mom went to uh, Little India yesterday because she wanted to. I don't know what she wanted to buy, but she went down down there. She, she wanted to get some different fruits. And she 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 called me crying, saying it's so depressing, like an area that's bustling normally at this time yeah. of year. Um, you know, with you know, all the colors and the smells and the food and everything. She goes, she, it was just like, you just go there, you buy what you need and you leave. There's no atmosphere. And so I, I just don't think it's very encouraging. I mean, I'd rather just stay home and be safe rather than t- take the chance and go somewhere. Um, and then also it's more expensive, of course, to eat out. And you don't really get, you don't get that experience. I think it's going to be really difficult for restaurants to convince patrons to come in and, and eat in this very kind of clinical environment. Okay, let me ask you a personal question, and I hope you don't okay. mind me doing this live on the air. Sure. You can decline, but are you a millennial? Oh, no, no, I am a, I'm a very young Gen Xer. Okay, me too, and yes. I think that it's different because we grew up in, in, in a time where our families, like, going out for dinner was a special occasion, and we definitely yeah. went out um, to dinner more than our parents ever have, but I think millennials are going to be the ones driving this whole uh, Cafe Toronto patio situation. I think that eating out is a big part of their lifestyle and they're they're ready to do it again that's just my that's just my thought